good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and hi for listening to us. Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And I hope all of you are well and safe out there. And how are you, my man? Ah, uh, hanging, man. Hanging. Excited. A new episode of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out. Maybe watch that after uh, we get wrapped up with this and uh, maybe get an early start to the weekend. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I said, you know, my weekends probably get with WrestleMania, but we'll we'll talk about that down the road. But speaking of things we're going to be wrestling about, and I know you weren't here last week, and I, I talked about I talked about my uh, my top yeah, ten heard. picks heard. amongst the other heard. things, and and so I'm just gonna I'm, I'll I'll just throw it to you and just get because I I did a I redid my top ten I didn't read I didn't do all thirty two because let's face it that's a lot I, yeah because I think a lot happened at the top of the draft that shakes things up that really doesn't impact the bottom half in my opinion. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll do a uh, a full first round getting closer to the draft because you, you know damn well there's there's going to be picks traded between here and there. Absolutely, and and we'll get I'll get into a theory that I had I wrote an article about about you know my Falcons and that and their fourth pick. But before we get there, I want to get your thoughts on a who I have your Jets picking and two your thoughts on the overall the top ten draft picks I had. So. Looking through these, um, you know, with your with your top ten, and in case you guys forgot, Ladarius had Trevor Lawrence naturally going to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson going to the Jets, Justin Fields going to the Niners, Kyle Pitts going to the Dirty Birds, Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, Devonta Smith going to the Finns, Jalen Waddle going to the Lions, Trey Lance going to the Panthers, uh, Penny Sewell going to uh, the Bronx, and then Patrick Certain the second going to uh, Dallas. So I agree with the majority of these. The one now, the one question I have now is the eighth pick of Carolina. Will they go after Trey Lance? Because they they still have Teddy Two Gloves, who. I, I truly, you know, and I, I feel like I'm one of the only people in, in the world that still support this guy. Um, you know, he he came out swinging when he got drafted in the NFL, had a horrific knee injury, and I think we can all agree he's never been quite the same since. Um, he walked into a situation in Carolina where Cam Newton just left that organization in disarray. Um I think deep down there might have been some some dismay with the way that they did Ron Rivera. I personally like Ron Rivera as a coach, um, and his tenacity definitely showed this season in Washington considering the outright shitstorm they were in. Um, and not only did they have, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, they also signed my boy. You know, they got Sam Darnold now down there. Um, so I think to have a rookie quarterback – a seasoned veteran, and then a, 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 I guess a senior. This is his fourth year in the league. Um, you know, I, I don't, I honestly don't know how, uh, how this is going to go about. And I'm so, so this one, I'm, um, that one, I, I don't know who Carolina would go after. So maybe we'll, we'll segue into that maybe next week. Um, but I think them going after uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Um, I don't. I just. I don't see them doing that with Darnold. I. I think they brought Darnold in, uh, 
when the inevitable happens with Bridgewater, whether it's an injury or they feel that he's at the end of the road or, you know, they might do what they did with jo- uh, Josh McCown and, and you know, have him start, you know, give give some reps to Darnold, you know, maybe to build his confidence or to mentor or whatever. Um, I guess time will tell on that, but I don't think that. And then wasn't there an who, who was the other hot shot that came out of North Dakota State? Uh, Carson Wentz. Well, we see how that worked out. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it like that. Um, <laughs> now, the other one that, of course, the beef, and, and we all know, is is Zach Wilson. I don't like Zach Wilson. Um, I think that, you know, his, his, that little snippet of pro day when he did that bootleg and pass it to the other side of the field, that was cute. That was really, really nice. And it 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 was it was in a controlled environment. And it reminds me of the people that will go out and go spend like $4,000 on an AR-15 and shoot at paper and think that they're John Wick. It's a controlled environment. There's nothing happening. No one's coming after you. You better be able to hit your target. Now, Sam Darnold, on the other hand, literally made the same exact throw with a linebacker about ready to rip his head off his shoulders and scored a touchdown on top of it, dumping it to Robbie Anderson. So... I'm not impressed with that. Yes, he does have good footwork. He is mobile, but Sam Darnold proved that he was mobile because last season he ran, what, like a uh, 40-something yard touchdown? That's not something that quarterbacks do uh, a lot if their name's not, you know, Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick. Um, I'm not sold on him. He played for BYU. You look at their schedule. They played uh, what, Temple, Tulsa, UCF, I think was their toughest competitor. Ooh, and we all know how I feel about UCF. It, 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 it's minor leagues. You got a kid that did good with in a, with a minor league team in a minor league division that you're going to put into a situation that isn't isn't safe for almost anybody. I would not trust Tom Brady, and we all know how much I did not like him and how much crow I had to eat after that man won a Super Bowl. I don't even think Tom Brady could fix the Jets right now, considering the the situation that they're in. Um, definitely not uh, uh, Deshaun Watson or anybody else. Bringing Zach Wilson in, I think, is going to be a mistake. It, this is we're going to have buyer's remorse. I'm going to say by week nine, week ten, uh, he he's this is a whole different pressure. It's what like three percent of of Division one collegiate athletes actually make it into the NFL. Um, so he's playing against the best of the best of the best of Division One football of from Power Five conferences, not from, uh, you know, uh, Seattle Community College, BYU, Tulsa, and uh, uh, you know, Garbage Can University, you know, or Grand Canyon or or Phoenix University or whoever. Uh, the he's a flop. This kid is going to flop. And I'm going to reach into my pocket like I did multiple times last season. And I'm going to hit you with the magic words. I told you so. This is how much I don't like Zach Wilson. You know who I would rather see us draft over Zach Wilson? I would rather see us go after Justin Fields from Ohio State. I would rather take a player from the team in college football that I hate the most who I do nothing but bag and rag on, season all. But at least with Ohio State, they play 
two tough games a year. Yes, the rest of their schedule is pretty much equivalent to BYU's playing a bunch of cupcake universities and playing a bunch of nobodies and scrubs. But at least those two to three games that Ohio State plays because they get pushed into a bowl game into the playoffs just because Kirk Kirkstreet has to dick ride him into oblivion. But I would rather see Justin Fields going there. Reason one, again, he's had some some moderate competition. He's proven himself in tough situations. Reason two is the this whole situation with uh, Orlowski and, and Kirk Herbstreit going, you know, bitching and howling about his work ethic. I think if anybody, I know personally, I've I've had my work ethic challenge before in in my organization, and when 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 that was done to me, I kind of looked at them sideways and said, "You want to see work ethic? Let me show you something. I let let me remind you, I am the lion of my own jungle." And that really upset me and made me work that much harder to prove a point. And I feel like that's wherever Justin Fields lands, whether it's in New York, whether it's in San Francisco, whether it's in in Washington, for all we know, or wherever. I think that kid's going to go out and prove something. And I think he is a better on paper, a better judgment and a better overall pick than Zach Wilson. Uh, for the rest of your picks, I mean, we de- we already know that that uh, Trevor Lawrence's uh, career is already sealed at uh, <laughs> Jacksonville, and the rest of them, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think you know, with Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta, I know you said you had some comments on that. I think that would be. You look at the situation that they got now with uh, uh, with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, and now if they added Kyle Pitts, that is dangerous. Uh, suddenly I think the Falcons, I mean, naturally they got to address their situation with choking in the fourth quarter and address their defense. But I, I think if they can make some, some, some modest moves, I haven't really followed too much what they've done in the off season. Cause I know that's kind of your realm. Um, but suddenly I think they're a little bit more competitive. Uh, you know, will they win their division? Absolutely not. As long as Tom Brady's in that kingdom, I think that uh, that division is under lock and key, especially with, you know, Drew Brees is kind of like the, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the situation. And, uh, well, we see where that went. Uh, but, yeah, for the rest of it, I agree with. But like I said, I'm just I, – I, 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 I know deep down – because it's a stupid decision and stupid decisions and the Jets front office go together like peas and carrots, peanut butter and jelly, uh, uh, whiskey and bad decisions. They're going to draft Zach Wilson. We'll all have buyer's remorse. And I'm just going to sit in the corner and say, I told you so. I spoke my piece. I said it. We'll see what happens. Are you done? Yes. I want to make sure. Yes. I want to make sure. Yes. I, I, I yield the rest of my time to the uh, senator from Florida. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Gooden. Thank you. <laughs> now, now we, you went over a lot of things. So I guess I'll, I'll pick an order and then we'll go to the, to the crux at Zach Wilson. Now, I did this mock draft before the Darnold trade. So full discretion. So yeah. I, did that, I did that before the Darnold trade. So now I want to address the Falcons issue because I wrote an article recently. I talked about the Falcons potentially trading down. And to me, Chris, it boils down to two questions, and I wrote this in the article, is how does Atlanta feel about Kyle Pitts? And is there a defensive player worth a top five pick? And to me, the answer is no. Because you can see the the highest rate defensive player I have is going into top 10, and that's just because of need. And because Dallas needs secondary help. And to me, the best corner on the board has always been Patrick Sertan. 
Absolutely. So, so now I'll go back to your Zach Wilson point. And, and I hear everything that you're saying. And, and I mocked you, ridiculed. You know, I, it's what I do. So here's the thing. So I get what you're saying about his schedule. I even, under, I even understand what you're saying about the bus potential. I get that, too. But I want to yield back to an example three years ago. I want to yield back to a guy who, who we've talked about on this show, I feel, ad nauseum. And he played at a school that I could argue is worse than BYU. And his schedule was just as bad, if not worse, I know you're, you're going to bring up Josh Allen. I know. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here, here's my point. Here's where I'm going to bring it full circle, Chris. You know, listen, Josh Allen, my biggest issue, he couldn't throw the football. He was a 56% completion percentage. And remember on this show, that's what I said. He has to get better at completing the ball. Period. I never argued his size, his big arm. It fits. Buffalo, Buffalo gets windy. You're up north. You're up there. And the weather can be very, very, very rough. So you need a guy who can handle it. And and Josh Allen can, especially for what Buffalo does. And that's important. System. It's the system that you're running. That's important. And if you look at their numbers, Chris, they're parallel. You know, both through, you know, 44 touchdown passes. And, they're you know, the two-year, they were both two-year starters. They started, they played sophomore but you know it was it was a minimal action so i took 20 so i took their last two seasons at at their respective schools they both threw 44 tests and the only difference is that zach wilson threw 12 interceptions to josh allen's 21 similar win loss record allen was 16 and 9 zach wilson's 15 and 6 and now we go to your point about schedule we go to your point about well they don't play anybody which I'm not going to dispute that. Listen, I'm not going to dispute that whatsoever. But th- this is why I feel I'm I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to. That's we have to see what he does on the field. But my point is is that he fits what the Jets are going to do. Right now, if you look at the build of the Jets, this offense is not going to be like the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let, let's just – and I'm being honest. You're a fan. You can agree with that. Like, I mean, like they're not even going to be the offense of the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> right. So so they're not going to be – you know, they're not going to be – whoever's under center is not going to be lining up for 400 yards passing or humming around it, you know, every week. This offense is going to be built around the RPO, the run game. Now, I want to go back and address your Justin Fields. To me, Chris, it's – to me, it's – you can put – Either one, and either there, and I'd be okay. But the reason why I gave the slight edge to Wilson is because the more that I read, the more that I study, I feel the Jets are sold on, and I don't see a scenario. Like I say, like Justin Bieber said, "You never say never." So they could go Justin Fields there, but all I know is that there will be a quarterback drafted if the Jets hold on to that second pick. Now. Going back to your schedule, now the last year of Zach Wilson's career, his, his, his last season, the strictest schedule of BYU was 96th in the country. 96th. 
You know what Josh Allen's strength of schedule was his last year at Wyoming? That year it was 95th. So are are you saying there's some type of uh, planetary alignment that might happen? You know, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Neil deGrasse Tyson guy, so maybe there there there's some validity to that. Hey, so, fun fact to jump back what you said ever uh, about Never Say Never. Did you know that was actually the title of a scrapped James Bond movie with Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Never. I'm glad I'm glad it didn't. I've been had been. I would have said, why didn't it get Bieber to do the soundtrack? And I don't want to get into that either. <laughs> Like Bieber as a Bond guy, listen. I I don't even think Bieber was born when that movie was probably going to come out. Listen, be, be my luck. They throw in, they throw in. Hey, let's just you know what they redo. You know, you know how people are. They remake it. Hey, let that Bieber do the theme. He has the song. Terrible. I'm like this ain't like this ain't GI Joe with knowing half the battle. I refuse not to know. So, <laughs> so anyways, let's keep going. So so to, to get the train back on the station. Now, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson and Josh Allen are the same guy, because they're not. I'm not going to even argue that point. My point, Chris, is that we have to look at things based on the system that the team is going to draft. See, that's where I think a lot of teams fail. A lot of teams fail because they draft a quarterback just because he's the quarterback. Not understanding, you know, if they fit the system. And I feel in the case of the Jets, I understand. I, I remember I was a big Sam Darnold guy. I am because of what he did at USC, because of he could handle the pressure of the New York media. And he maybe wasn't given the greatest chance in the world to succeed. But when you bring in, and that's a lot on Adam Gates, that, that's a thousand yeah. percent on Adam Gates. So, so I understand, like, if, if Robert Zelay and his staff, Wanted to move on because they want to bring in their guy. It's just like you have a company, you want to bring in your people. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 one hundred percent, and that's why we got, you know, we we nabbed uh, Tevin Coleman from uh, San Francisco. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I so, mean, I, I, I see what we're doing, trying to do uh, an RPO type offense. The only thing that scares me is, in order for an RPO offense to be successful, you got to have. A, some stellar, stellar running backs that can both run and have hands. Now, Tevin Coleman and LaMichael P. Ryan, I think, can fill that gap. You've got to have wide, you've got to have wide receivers that can move. With them bringing Corey Davis, and I think that brings in that potential deep threat on like a play action. Maybe he can slip behind a secondary defender. The I think the biggest hurdle that that the Jets are going to have to clear is going to be the offensive line. If you look at one of the most successful RPO offenses of all time, we're going to rewind the clocks back to 2008 to a college team in 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 the swamp, University of Florida. With 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 Tim Tebow at the helm, you had Percy Harvin out there just doing god awful scary things. You had uh, the pouncy t- Twins on the line. You had it just just the the level of talent. But most importantly, what made that RPO work were that front five, front six, you know, guys. And I, the Jets just don't have that. And you have you put a rookie into a high pressure situation and ask him to run 
essentially that RPO offense, that's a lot, number one, to mentally compute. And we talked about uh, a quarterback is, is just as much as a cerebral position as it is a physical you know, position. Now, I'm not going to question the kid's athletic capability. He definitely has – he ran a good 40. He's, he's tall. He's, you know, not – I'm not saying overweight, but he's he's a slender build, so he's a little bit more mobile. He's not one of those giant statues like Big Ben, you know, or anything like that. Um, you know, so he's got the physical capabilities. My main concern is when you put a young person into a high-stress situation that's never really been there before – how are the, you know, it's, it's fight or flights, uh, you know, thrive or die. And again, if we're going to draft him, I want him to do well, but I'm also not going to, you know, give my hopes up. I, I'm definitely not going to run out and go get the murdered out, uh, all the, the black on black Zach Wilson Jets Jersey, as soon as it launches. Um, I want to see him do well. Cause I'm a fan of the organization. And, but at the same time, I got to look at the whole picture. Um, I, I think, and, and this is just me speaking, Frank, I personally think that we should be investing in these early picks and to, to continuously build that offensive line and then get a quarterback. You know, maybe this year we sacrifice on it. You know, we, we draft a quarterback later. You know, go after someone who's rated late, like a Mac Jones or a Kyle Trask. Again, it might not fit that system that, that you were talking about, but if we build an offensive line, I think we can create a system that would be beneficial for us. But, uh, you know, I just my, my main concern with Zach Wilson is going to be what he's going to be able to do when the pressure's on. He's not going to have a cushy uh, uh, line to protect him where he can just run around like a psychopath. He's going to have a linebacker in his face more times than, than he should. So that that's the main thing that concerns me is how – when when that middle linebacker is is lining up a shot on him like an A-10 warthog doing a gun run in Afghanistan, what's he going to do? Is he going to choke? Is he going to run? Is he going to throw a pick? You know, uh, more at 11. Uh, that's what they say on the news. And, and I, I hear what you're saying, Chris, about the offensive line. But under, but you also know the Jets has also have another first-round pick later in the draft. Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel that there will be – when I remember when I did my full mock draft, there there will be plenty of talented offensive line pieces there, and I think to me you have to get the core piece there first, and because to me as much as I like Sewell, every year one or two guys slip, and I think Sewell's one of those guys who who slips not because he's not talented, but it's because of the needs of the teams that are in the top ten, and if you look at the first three picks, there's a good chance that three quarterbacks are going to go. If this is essentially an offensive skill. This is an offensive draft, the first 10 picks, potentially, you know, outside of, you know, Patrick Sertan maybe going to Dallas. And that could even fluctuate. My biggest my biggest thing is, Chris, is that, is that when you look at these quarterbacks, and I want to address the Justin Fields thing because I talked about it last week. I don't know if you listened last week. I, I addressed it last week but I, yeah. because, because you brought up a point that, I don't, you know, if you listen, check out last week's episode as well. And, and I simply mentioned this, and I like Dan Orlovsky. Let's be clear. Yeah, he ran the back of the end zone, but he made a career out of it. I always say you can turn some of your biggest failures to your busy, busy your big, biggest successes. 
There's a lot of words, a lot of G's, and a lot of S's in that. But, like, I talk about Kim Kardashian. People knock her, oh, she did a sex date. She's a billionaire. She doesn't care. She got that fat ass, though. Oh. And that will get more details at 11. So, and so, so the point is, is, is Chris, is that I, I like Dan Orlovsky, but the problem with what I, with, 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 with what he said was, was that he was basing it on hearsay, conjecture. And when we're talking about a kid's future, there are certain things, Chris, you don't question. You talked about work ethic. And that's a very, and that's the thing why I said last week, where I really, really got angry at. You don't, you, listen, this kid played hurt for his team. His, he's not a guy when I, he's not a, he's not like Jamarcus Russell. Okay. Jamarcus Russell, <laughs> there were red flags all over that guy. <laughs> they sent him blank tapes. <laughs> they, they sent him blank tapes. Hey, watch this game tape. He said, and then they knew he was, he knew he was a bust. They knew. It's not like Jamarcus Russell, who was the last guy in, first guy out. Justin Fields is a guy who you can build around. And when you question somebody's work ethic, I always put it like this. You can question a lot of things about who I am. But work work ethic, I always say this. My work will always speak for itself. It's that I always say if you want to get to certain positions in life, sometimes it's not always about, you know, being smart and being great. It's, you know, it's fine, Chris. But sometimes you got to outwork people. Like, look at Tom. Tom Brady is the quintessential example of not the most athletic guy in the world. <laughs> you know, but he just outworked people, Chris. He, he, yeah, he put the work in. He's not running a 440. Right. By, he, he's by not. By any means. Yeah. But he, the he, mental he, level that he puts into that game, the preparation, right. the repetitions, that's, that's what matters at the end of the day you don't have to be the strongest you know athlete in in the world if you've got the the heart and the mental capability you can you can definitely make it work and 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 absolutely and that's one of the things where i really got and listen i know you're not the biggest kurt herstreet guy but he made a very good point you just don't say things that you heard from someone yeah, it's yeah. This this hearsay shit, you know. I uh, yeah. You, you I, I and I said, listen, it, it's hearsay. It's conjecture. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's what got me with what Dan Orlovsky said. Like, unless you spoken, like I know he said he spoke to Ohio State coach and John Beck, who you know used to. Play. My point is, Chris, that you don't lead when you say when you're trying to defend or is <laughs> by saying, well, I heard. No, if you weren't there. If you weren't at his pro day, which nobody could, you know, listen, if you don't have firsthand account knowledge, then when you're asked, yeah, when you're asked a question, Chris, about, oh, why do you think his draft stock is falling? Talk about on field. Don't don't talk about his work ethic, because this kid went out there. First of all, he advocated. He's one of the dudes who advocated to play this season, you know, last season. Secondly, Chris, he, he played hurt. When he didn't have to, Chris, this guy was going to be a top five pick. He could have just rested on his laurels and been, you know what? Hey, coach, you know, put the other guy in. But he didn't. 
No, and that's, that's that's one thing I will I will say. And you know me, I'm I'm a very harsh critic of anything Ohio State related. Is that he was one of the first players that said bullshit. Let's get out there and play. And you know that that speaks volumes for itself. Now, as an analyst or anything like that, if you want to talk about someone's work ethic, now if you've got raw video of him showing up to practice at nine thirty when it starts at nine, or he's just stumbling around and kind of just staring, looking at butterflies, you know, if if you have evidence you know that's that's one thing but just to speak on conjecture and and theory you know and in the words of denzel washington in in training day it's not about what you know it's about what you can prove where's your evidence jake and it's it's the same thing with this if you if you want to speak on his work ethic you bring it up in a way saying hey i've heard this i don't know if it's true but what's up why, why are people saying this exactly don't exactly. don't just put the guy on the cross already it, it, you know we're, we're not we're not crucifying this isn't the the spanish inquisition or uh the the roman crucifixion era it's 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 silliness yeah this ain't the crusades this is none of that and and i'll say this before we before we transition is, is that my biggest thing, Chris, is, is that we're talking about a kid's future. And one of the things is, is that his draft stock could potentially fall. I don't think it is because I think the team, especially John Lynch, John Lynch, a very good, you know, and Kyle Shanahan, Chris, they're not listening to this because they understand is, is that we're going to go with what we see and who we talk to. Because, Chris, they can talk to people that maybe Dan Orlovsky simply can't. And even though Dan Orlovsky's an ESPN analyst, he's very good at his job, you don't think that John Lynch, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, Chris, they made it clear in their press conference they're going to draft a quarterback. It's not one of those, oh, who, it's a matter of who are they higher on. Yep. And, and it's for the record, I, I'm going to say this. And I may get flagged for it, but there, there's no way in the world Mac Jones goes to three. I, I'm sorry. Because, oh, 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 the Niners could go to Mac Jones. And I'm like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get clout. Like, listen, if you take just, if you don't take Justin Fields in the top five, Chris, because, listen, I don't want to tell you. Because, to me, you could interchange Zach Wilson and, you know, Justin Fields, Chris. I don't think it matters who San Francisco gets. They're just waiting for us to see who the Jets pick. Whoever the Jets don't pick is who they're going to pick. Yeah. But it's not going to be Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a good dude. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But my thing is, is that bring proof, bring evidence. Because at the end of the day, I, this applies to not just NFL draft you know, prospects, but this just applies to everyday life. A lot of times, Chris, I don't know if you'll agree, sometimes people get into the biggest arguments over conjecture. It's like, it's like, oh, well, I heard you say, were they there? I, I literally told someone years ago, it's like, well, who said it? Oh, that's not important. No, it's important because you're thinking that I said it when I don't need to quantum leap back in time. To know what I didn't, but I know I didn't say it. Conjecture. Conjecture can cause a lot of people to lose a lot of things. Yeah. 
And all I and I guess it's the CJ in me, the criminal justice in me, that says, listen. And that's just the life lesson to me that says, bring proof, bring evidence, because you're talking about somebody's future. And and speaking of future, I want to transition to to WrestleMania. Come, I want to talk about it real briefly. It's just that you know I've been a wrestling fan for Jesus. Yeah, I I can safely say 25 years. And I'm 33. So this is what this is WrestleMania 37, right? Yeah. So yeah, because they they stopped putting. Here's the thing: they stopped putting the name on it like a couple years ago. Like it's just WrestleMania. It's like, okay. So we so now we got to do math. Great. So so it's like 37, and it's gonna be in Tampa. It's gonna be at Raymond James. There's gonna be fans there, and and one of the things is that it's important for. It's important for sports to have fans, but wrestling to have fans, it's going to be, that's how most of these wrestlers, and they talk about it, they feed off the crowd. But Chris, there wasn't a crowd to feed off of. They had like the Thunderdome, they had the interactive stuff. But early on, Chris, it was at the Performance Center in Orlando. Yep. And it was just nothing. But it was, they said, it's, well, it's like with uh, with UFC on uh, do, you know on Fight Island. Now yeah. the cool thing was when they're doing it, you can actually hear like the thud of these dudes. Right. Getting, yeah, you can which, hear the contact. Yeah, <laughs> which is just absolutely scary. But it's like you said, when you don't, you know, if you're getting your ass beat or if you're beating someone's ass and you got the crowd screaming, you got well, I, you know, UFC usually holds a small amount of, of people. It's twenty-five to thirty thousand at most in in an event center compared to WrestleMania. I mean, they they've sold out Madison Square Garden, you know, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you 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 definitely need that crowd, I think, to uh, uh, to get something going. Now, are they doing are they doing this all on one night, or they? Because I heard that they were talking about doing like a two night uh, event. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be two nights. It's gonna be it's gonna be Saturday and Sunday. They they just like how it was last year, where they're just split, splitting it up. Because it, I think that's good because, to me, there are a lot of good matches. And you don't want to give away all your matches. You know, you don't want to just pile them up, essentially. So I think it's very, you know, they're doing what they did last year. But what I think is what's going to make it work this year is there will be people there. And and just like last year, it sucked. And I'll just throw out, like, Drew McIntyre. He won the championship, Chris, and there was nobody there. Yeah. Imagine, like, go back in the day when The Rock. Oh, uh, yeah. These guys won championships. Yeah, you had 70,000. Yeah. Just, just, just hovering. Lungs. And, and Drew McIntyre got bupkis. And, and this year, there will be fans. And I guarantee you it's going to be out of the gate. You're going to hear. You're, it's going to be the full work. So I, that's, that's my weekend, essentially, because now it's on Peacock now. The uh, NBC uh, streaming yep. service. Oh, really? And, yeah, yeah. It's. I, I'll just be brief about this. I, I don't. I don't disagree with the move, but NBC, when you do, when you go to network, Chris, and we know, and, and well, they got all of WWE archive matches. Chris, there will be some things that we just can't watch, like yep. Attitude Era. That might as well be like that blank tape Jamarcus Russell was watching. So. Ah, see that because was that was my favorite time because that was when it was just the nastiest, you know. Like I, I, it, you had you had Sable walking around and like yeah. next to nothing. 
You had yeah. like people being thrown on like beds of like tacks and chairs thrown through their face. Like that that was honestly because you got to figure. So when we started watching wrestling, it was, you know, early 90s. So it was kind of, it was pretty chill. You had, like, Ric Flair just, woo, every every which way. And, uh, you know, you had, you know, Hulk Hogan kind of at the tail end of his career. And then, like, that 95, 96 time when, when, when yeah, at the time it was the WWF, when they released that Attitude Era. And you just had Stone Cold just, you know, cursing up a storm. The Rock doing the same thing. You know, you had. Uh, I, I remember one of the one of the most memorable things is every time Stone Cold would drive out on the beer truck with the beer hose and he's just spraying people down in the ring, or uh, he, he took a cement truck and and poured it in a in a limited edition '94 Corvette. You know, and I was just like, I, I can't believe they're actually doing. And of course, as a kid, you're like, oh my god, this is so cool. And then you go outside and you, you you hang out with your friends and you know you're dropping rock bottoms and stunners on on all your friends and somehow all of us didn't die which is a miracle in itself. Um, but you know I think honestly for me that was my favorite time of of wrestling because it was just it was so just ridiculous and out of control and I feel like now they kind of dialed it back. I like I said we were talking about it in our in our pregame uh, meeting. You know I. I don't think I've really sat down and watched an episode of Raw or SmackDown. Geez, probably since uh, nah, 2012. So, I mean, I'm definitely out of the loop. I know some of the bigger names like Randy Orton, of course, or like uh, Daniel Bryan or uh, John Cena, things like that. But yeah, most of these guys, uh, I, I haven't seen or heard of any of these cats. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the... Uh, uh, at the breakdown for the for the matches right now, and yeah, most of these names I don't even know who they are. And and the thing is, you know what what I like about wrestling, what I like about WWE, is is that, is that it gets a lot of flack, and I get it. But going back to your point, the Attitude Era would never happen again because you have a culture that's created that would cancel. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of I can't think of the phrase that off the top of my head right now. Maybe you know what? Cry babies, cry babies. I can't think of the you know the phrase where culture gets. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But there's the and, and I, I'm going to go on a tangent on this. This is one thing I can't stand is that people are like this 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 whole cancel culture shenanigans. There are things that I don't like now. Personally, for me, like uh, so, some of these shows on Bravo or anything like that, like uh, uh, 90 Day Fiance, I, I think it's just it's it's stupid. And it just the things that they promote on that show, I think, are just it, for me personally, I think are morally wrong. Now, do I go around stomping and demanding that this show be canceled? No, I just don't watch it. If I, I number one, I, I promise I'm not watching Bravo to begin with, but I don't like it. Therefore, I just don't I don't watch it. Same shows like Jersey Shore and all that shit. I don't like it. it I, I think it gives a stigmatism that people can just go around and party 24 seven and act like assholes and face no repercussions for it. I don't like it. Now, do I go around stomping like, oh, my God, it should be canceled. My feelings are hurt and I need a closet and a safe space. No, I just don't watch the shit. But then 
On the other hand, if you're on that side and you want something to be canceled or or you don't like something, oh hell, you'll still you know hellfire and brimstones until they they get down. Just don't want if you don't like the material, just don't watch it. Another prime example. I personally don't like Buffalo Wild Wings. I like their food. I don't like their political stance. They are a very anti-Second Amendment establishment. I support the Second Amendment just like every other uh, uh, amendment in the Constitution because that's the document of our nation. So I don't like that they don't support it. So guess what? I just don't go there. I don't go around demanding that they all close down because they don't conform to my ideology. I just choose not to give them my money. Now, will it affect their business? Probably not. They're pretty large and they got a good crowd, but I just don't bother with them. And look at that. My world continues to burn. I drive by one. It's not like, oh, man, I want to set this place on fire. I'm just like, huh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Cool. Not eating there. Anything else? What's around? What else is around? Stop this cancel culture shit. Sorry. That's I feel like there's going to be more than one rant today. And. And what I, what I will say this as we get toward the end of the show is that wrestling, I remember, like I said, I've been watching wrestling, like I said, 25 years. And one of the things that I've seen people talk about, where, especially in, if you've never encountered wrestling Twitter or wrestling social media, it's super hard. And sometimes I find myself delving into it and trying to explain to people this. You know, there, there's a lot of wrestling companies out there today. There are more wrestling companies today than it was 20, 15, 20 years ago. You have WWE, you have AEW, you have Impact Wrestling. You, there, and it's it's too much wrestling. You know, you have NWA Wrestling. You 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 have too much variety. So if you don't like one, watch the other, because I guarantee you. That there's no, as much as I've been a fan of WWE, listen, I think like 2011, 2012, that was a rough year for the company. And it made me go, oh boy, I took a sabbatical. You know, but the point is, and to, to piggyback what you say, Chris, is that if, if, you, if you don't like a product, you, you simply don't you, don't, you don't go to the product. Because at the end of the day, just because you are not a fan of the product, doesn't mean other people are. And just like the point you made about Buffalo Wild Wings, me personally, I've never stepped into a Buffalo Wild Wings. Never. I, have I eaten at wing places? Yeah. If, if you know I'm six foot four, plus, you know, I'm not going to put my weight on here. But you, you, you can figure it out if you've seen pictures. So I, I, I eat out regularly. And Chris, I don't mope and groan when, if they don't agree with something I like, I don't eat there. And I do have a restaurant like that. Where I just don't eat to it because listen, I don't I don't agree now. <laughs> Is that company going to suffer? No, because like you say, Chris, these are these are multi these are these are multi million dollar companies. They're not going to care. But it's the idea that it's freedom of choice. I'm not going to cancel something because I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's, it's America. Yeah, because now there are some things in this country we we can cancel that we can all agree on, but we choose not to cancel that. But the, the, the point is, is, Chris, is that at the end of the day, when you cancel people, you cancel things. If you do it, understand, I think it's Newton's third law of motion or second. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Thank you. That, that is always 
anytime that you, I get into this discussion with people, it's they're they're quick to to cancel and shut down and delete what they don't like. Now the moment the moment you turn that gun barrel on them, whoo boy, you want to talk about some civil unrest and mental unhingement? Do it. You know, uh, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that, you know, we're, I mean, I, I know we're going to dive into some some world of today and, and pop culture and things like that. Um, so I'll go ahead and I'm just not going to go, you know, ankle deep. I'm just going to dive head first. Um, you know, yesterday, Biden uh, decided that he's going to enact a bunch of executive orders for gun control. And regardless of how you stand my biggest thing for uh, for rights, whether it's for things like uh, the Second Amendment or right to vote or uh, abortion or whatever, whatever your stance is, that's fine as long as it's an educated and, and informationally backed stance. If you're getting your information uh, and, and you're not doing your own research and you're getting your information from whatever you saw on Twitter or Facebook or, or Fox or CNN that day, your, your belief is being pushed. That's your belief is being morphed into an agenda based belief based on an emotional response. Um, you know, firearms is probably one of the most touchy subjects besides abortion, I think in this comp in, in this country. And one of the most, ironic things that people say and i know this isn't about sports but i guess that's why they call us sports in the world um is they always talk about you know gun control groups talk about compromise let's compromise now ladarius what's your definition of compromise to me compromise is essentially i'll use us as an example if you and i are disagree we sit down, we discuss, and we we meet in the middle, and, and and we walk away, both mutually satisfied. Now that is, now I'm going to ask you a second question, a, a follow up question, if you will. Is okay. compromise you getting every single thing that you demand and not giving anything up? Would that be considered a compromise? No, that that'd be pretty one sided. And that's my point for every conversation about gun control, is that every conversation about gun control, they talk about a compromise. They want to compromise on this and that. Now, they're not saying, okay, um, we're going to give you, we want universal background checks, um, but we'll let you have whatever type of firearm you want. Instead, it's like, well, we want universal background checks, but we don't want you to have this or that or that or this. And one of the biggest issues that whether it whoever might be president at the time is a lot of things are emotionally agenda based uh, propositions. Uh, Biden has been a very uh, announced anti Second Amendment person. And if you have ever read the Bill of Rights or if you've ever opened up a book, <laughs> you know, it, it's pretty clear on what it says. And my my belief is that my the constitutional rights that I personally believe in are just as important as the ones that you 
Ladarius believe in or our listeners or whoever does, because it's it's not American of me to say that my beliefs are more important than yours. If I believe that the Second Amendment is the most sequential and important amendment in our Constitution, and then you say, well, you know, Chris, I think that the Fourth Amendment is the most important for me to say, no, it's not. Or I, that, that's, it's, it's hypocrisy is what it is. And the other thing that truly, truly bothers me, and I'm just going to reach out on an educational standpoint is for people that, um, that buy into this concept of gun control. Um, it, it doesn't work. If, if you do basic research and you look at the cities with the strictest gun control, Baltimore, uh, Chicago, uh, Detroit, New York city, Los Angeles, well, any city in California, they all lead the nation in in homicides. And it's the, the the premise of it is, well, if we ban guns, we'll keep them out of the hands of bad people. Well, ask yourself this question. How well has that worked on the war on drugs? The last time I checked Ladarius, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's crack still illegal. Like, can, can, uh, I, can I go to Walgreens and go buy like a, an ounce of crack right now? If you consider crack candy, then <laughs> sure. But if we're talking like crack, crack, crack cocaine, no. <laughs> crack, crack cocaine, gotcha. ecstasy, PC, like that, that's still illegal, right? Yeah. But well, last I checked, yeah. Okay. It's still moderately accessible if you know what you're doing, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I rest my case. And that's and that's the point with guns. If, if you start uh uh going on on the the confiscation or banning or you can have this but not this all you're doing is taking the right away for an honest person that wants to follow the law like like you yourself or me if, if they say ladarius you can't own a handgun anymore that takes away your right to defend yourself or your your girl your parents whoever you're living with your friends your neighbors whoever that takes away your god-given right of defense and if a criminal in the last time i checked and please correct me if i'm wrong ladarius the last time i checked it's illegal to break into someone else's house is that has that law changed uh still checking my book still the same so people will still commit criminal acts whether it's illegal right so like mur like murders i mean you're you're the criminal justice major not me murder is still illegal right yep so whether mm -hmm. i beat you in the head with a bat stab you with a knife drive over you with a car throw a vat of acid on you or shoot you in the face all forms are active murder and illegal regardless of the the tool or method that's used right so i'd still be breaking the law yep okay now people you kind of see where i'm going with this this the ceiling I, I and and I'll be the first to tell you I'm I'm all for background checks if if you know any any firearm that I've ever purchased I have gone through the proper background check I have nothing to hide over it I'm I'm not a felon I'm not a, a an alien a fugitive from justice or or any of the bat boxes that I could check yes on that would disqualify me for a firearm and if if you meet that criteria then I'm all for it you know it, it's it's your constitutional right. When you start diving down and saying you can do this, you can't do that, it's literally what the British did to us in the 1700s. Turn in this, you can't do. They wanted absolute control. You uh, you you look at any nasty leader in the world, Castro, Hitler, Stalin, Mao, uh, uh, the the Jung Uns, whoever. They all have one thing. And again, I'm not trying to go on this giant political tirade here, but when when if you're going to support these things, support it on education. Support it on logic, not on emotion. 
if you if your premise of an argument is I want to ban what's considered an assault rifle, which an AR-15 is not an assault rifle, you're you're being you're legitimately being misinformed. If if your logic on that is we'll stop mass shootings, it won't. One of the largest mass shootings occurred on the campus of Virginia Tech that a, a, a young man had two handguns and 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 did a lot of damage. And if you're so concerned about firearm related homicide, now if 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 you're concerned about something, Ladarius, so again, I'm gonna throw a little bit of criminal justice action, I'm gonna throw a little bit of a math logic at you. If you have a a, a bag of Skittles, I guess, let's just say, or a bag mm-hmm. of M&Ms. What's your favorite candy? Wait, are, are you an M&Ms guy, a Skittles guy? Tell me what you are. Um, well, I, I got I got bags of Skittles in the room as we speak. So, All right, so I'm going to lay two bags of Skittles in front of you. Mm-hmm. One is you have a less than 1% chance of dying from, and one with an 85% chance of dying from. Which one would you feel safer with? I would go with the first one. Now, so the less than 1%. Now, Correct. if you had a choice to enforce a Skittles-related death law into effect, would you want to ban the Skittles that give you, let's just say the green Skittle is the the one that will give you an 85% chance of death and the yellow Skittle will give you a 1% chance. Which one, if you had to get rid of one or the other, which one would you want to get rid of well obviously the skittle with the the 85 percent. okay so the green skittle now green skittle, yes now in my espn 30 for 30 what if i told you that 85 percent of firearm related homicides are done by handgun not ar-15s or assault rifles as what the the media misinforms and mislabels them uh, assault rifles account, and this is all stuff you can literally pull off FBI.gov, DOJ.gov, um, basic research from credible websites, not the Washington Post, not Fox News, not CNN, credible government websites. Uh, AR-15s or, or what they consider an assault rifle accounts for less than 1% of uh, firearm-related homicide. Um more people die per year from blunt force trauma objects, which would be like a brick, a bat, anything that could cause blunt force trauma. Um, more people die by hammers per year. More people die by um, knives. I don't see anybody trying to ban my steak knife collection. I got a really nice one too off Amazon. I got to send you a picture. They're they're pretty clean looking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, I, I, I can go on this for hours and hours and hours. If if you're gonna support these things, number one, have have knowledge of what you're talking about. Don't support something based on an emotional response. If we did that, see, in, in conjecture, and one of the biggest things, if you ever want to see someone blow a gasket, and I do this all the time because typically the people that are anti-gun are very pro-abortion. And for me, I, I when it comes to social stance, um, you know, a lot of people label me alt-right or, you know, incredibly right-wing or whatever. I'm fairly centrist on a lot of things. I'm I'm for gay marriage, I'm for abortion, but I'm also for the, the right to keep and bear arms. I'm for capitalism. Uh, you know, uh, I, fiscally, yes, I, I fall under that right wing. Socially, on a lot of things, I guess I fall under the left wing because it's not my job to tell you who you should love and who you should marry and where you should put your private parts at night. And it's not my job to tell a woman that I have no clue who she is, what she could do with her body. Um, now, if it's my child, Again, this is just me personally speaking, and if I piss you off, I'm sorry. I feel like if it's my child, maybe I should have just a wee bit of say in it, since it does take a chef to make an oven work. Um, 
symbol crash there. Um, just, just, just writing that down. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but you know, one of the, one of the funniest things is that I'll, uh, I do this with people. It's like, well, I think guns should be banned. It's like, well, I think abortion should be banned. And you want it, it, it's, it's like you said earlier, it's like you, you, you watch the explosion happen in their head and they're like, how could you, I'm like, well, how do you think it's okay to ban my rights, but not yours? Like fair, fair is fair now. Um, but again, I, I can keep going on about this, please. On, on any type of subject that will indefinitely affect your life, which I think the Bill of Rights will definitely affect every citizen's life. Um, when, when the president went on yesterday, and I think most people know me and know how I feel about him, and one of the scariest things that he said yesterday is that no amendment is absolute. That should scare every single American regardless of race, creed, religion, or color. Because what he just said right there is that your right to practice Judaism or Christianity or Islam isn't really absolute. That the amendment that says that, you know, equal rights for every man, woman, and child, regardless of, uh, of race or whatever, that should scare minorities. Um, the, the, the amendment, I can't remember the amendment number right off the top of my head. Maybe you might be able to, to throw it in there. The amendment that allowed women to vote. He just said that it's not absolute that women will be able to vote. For, for, for the leader of our nation to say that the rules aren't absolute, that is a scary, slippery slope. And that, again, call me a, 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 an Alex Jones type or a, a conspiracy theorist or whatever. When, when leaders start saying that the rules are are almost meant to be broken that's a scary precedence to set regardless of what party what platform or whoever that that scares me and should scare every american citizen and in coming into next year when we go into re-election for your your representatives and your your senators remember these words remember that they're you know these laws that they're encompassing on people and do something about it that's my rant on that uh, other than that um, unfortunately we got some news this morning that Prince Charles, uh, decided to kick the bucket finally at 99 years old. So, uh, uh, condolences, I guess, to the, to the Royal family, except for, I think Markle and, uh, whatever his name is since they, they like excommunicated themselves. And, uh, our boy DMX is not doing well. He's still on life support. There was rumors going around last night that he, uh, he died. He didn't, he's still, you know, plugging and chugging. His manager made a formal announcement today. Um, but you know, speedy recovery to, uh, to DMX and for all those out there that do dabble in substances to try to get through the day. If you feel you have a problem, please seek help. I don't want to see, I don't, even if I don't know you for people that overdose on substances, whether it's drugs, alcohol, whatever, um, get help. It's out there. Your life is more important than you think it is. You mean something to somebody. So at least I'll shut up on a good note. <laughs> and and I'll just say this before we, we put a bow on it. I think, you know, you're talking about where Prince Philip, Finch Philip had died today at 99. Yeah. Uh, Prince Philip. And, and and to go back to your point. Oh, shit. I, I said Prince Charles, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's yeah. my bad. Listen, it, it, it's not my job to correct you. I just let you. Listen, I, I'm the coach that lets the quarterback play. And yeah, it, it worked for Brett Favre. He's in the Hall of Fame. So. I, I wanted to end on the, the same note you did is, is that I spoke on this on the show. I don't know if I did. And if I cause like I said, I've done a lot of episodes. So, you know, one of the things that I, I preach about is mental health. I, I preach about help. 
is, is that you is that somebody out there love you and they care. You may not know who they are. You may buy, you may walk by them every day. And, and and I spoke about and I don't really speak about myself a lot on the show. And one of the days we got to do a get to know me type thing cuz I've done this show a lot of like I say I've done this show since 2019. And the one of the things that I I battled with was depression. So I know what it's like to feel like there's no one out there, there's no one to talk to. But just know like like my buddy Chris like just like he said, hey, there's help out there. And and you're not alone. It doesn't matter whether we agree on politics, we agree on sports. I always say is that you can always separate people. You know, no matter what their politics, you can separate their politics from the people. And at the end of the day, no matter who you are, you love and we care, you know, thinking about DMX and his family, going to the royal family. But just know that, that you're not alone in whatever you're fighting. And didn't know, but you didn't, I bet you guys didn't even think we went on that note today, did you? We, we, we went from, we went from arguing about Zach Wilson to that note. So that's why I like doing this show. Sports and the world. Yeah. And, and before we, before we get you out of here, check us out on social media at sports, the world on both Twitter and Instagram. Check out our Facebook page and join our Facebook group there as well. And also check me on social media at Ladarius underscore Brown on Twitter and at Ladarius double underscore Brown on Instagram. Check out this episode and every episode on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. And until we, till you hear us again, I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. Be real, be you, be blessed. More importantly, be safe from all of us here from the sports and the World Podcast. See ya!